For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife. And they two shall be in one flesh. Therefore now they are not two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Those are the words of our blessed Lord in the Gospel of St. Mark, and they are as true now in the twenty-first century as they were when our Lord said them in the first century. Despite what the heretics running the institutions of the church have to say about the matter, dogmas and doctrines in fact do not change, and especially when they come to moral matters, which virtually all of them touch on. The law of God is the law of God, and we as Catholics are expected to follow it, not reinterpret it for our changing times. Or so it used to be, at any rate. Today I have for you the celebration of Francis, making it known to the world that he knows better than Christ Jesus on matters of the nuptial sacrament, and how the church is now celebrating Francis permitting the putting asunder of what man, or rather God, has joined together. Let's dive in. If there is anything Francis knows, it's that he knows better than Christ. In addition to Christ telling us of the permanency of the nuptial sacrament, he also commanded us to go forth to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and to teach them all that Christ taught us. Francis held one of his usual strange but highly entertaining audiences recently, and as is usual, he had some modernist words of unwisdom to bestow on the faithful. At this most recent one, he said, quote, None of us have been called here to proselytize as preachers, ever. Proselytism is sterile. It does not give life. Adding, there are no, and there should be, not be, walls in the church. Please, the diversity of all, and in that diversity, the richness of unity. End quote. For those who may not know, the definition of to proselytize is the act of working to convert others. And as most modern definitions remind us, it has been come to be associated with involuntary conversion as a negative thing. But put aside that association because it's a modern one. That association largely comes from propaganda from the enemies of Christ. To proselytize is to merely spread the gospel. And yes, it should be done with care so as not to push others away. But we are to spread the gospel and bring souls to Christ, something that Francis has said in the past is unnecessary, and there are numerous examples of it. Francis the wise one knows more than our blessed Lord on a great many issues, or so he, it seems to be. You may not be aware of this, but since the start of 2021, the Vatican has been publishing a study guide to celebrate and teach the errors of Amoris Laetitia, Francis's 2016 redefinition of the nuptial sacrament, which had been written with ambiguity as all modernist texts typically are, but was enforced most accurately according to Francis in Argentina, where the bishops embraced the breaking of the nuptial sacrament and the forging of a new false civil bond. And yet many Catholics defend this document to this day, including mainline Catholic apologists. This document, Amoris Laetitia, was the focal point of the great falling out between a mainstream established and new Catholic commentators, and things have only gotten worse since then. And now the Vatican has a study guide that they've been pushing that promotes these errors. The December 2021 20, edition, which is the eighth chapter of this monstrosity out of ten planned chapters, is the controversial one, where the breaking of the nuptial sacrament is discussed. Here we are told the church respects the pursuit of perfection, but that we must accompany those who walk in imperfect situations. And this would make sense if we were, say, talking about how young people who now live in an age where the world promotes perpetual childhood and actually actively avoids preparing young people for adulthood, and the avoidance of becoming an adult for as long as possible, well often into a person's 40s. At this point, 
We've all seen it. But Francis wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about strengthening preparation for that sacrament, which is essential. And in practice, it's frankly a joke in most parishes. If you've if you've been prepared for that sacrament in recent years, you know most often the preparation for it is a joke. No, Francis here is talking about being less dogmatic about the whole thing. Francis's mantra has been regarding matters of dogma, faith and morals to stop being so dogmatic. Even NPR pointed this out in 2016 when Amoris Laetitia was foisted upon the church, saying in that article, quote, Without issuing any new top-down doctrine, Francis said that priests should focus on providing pastoral care for Catholic couples rather than sitting in judgment of them, and that individual conscience should be emphasized rather than dogmatic rules. The document, a post-synodal apostolic exhortation called Amoris Laetitia, or the joy of love, is more than 250 pages long. In it, the Pope emphasizes that life is more complicated than religious law. In the opening pages, he invokes the values of generosity, commitment, fidelity, and patience, but also says he wishes to encourage everyone to be assigned a mercy and closeness wherever family life remains imperfect or lacks peace and joy. He explains that in Amoris Laetitia, in addition to considering scripture, he will examine the actual situation of families in order to keep firmly grounded in reality, and he notes that Jesus set forth a demanding ideal for his followers, but never failed to show compassion and closeness to the frailty of individuals, end quote. Take note well there that Francis is separating the Gospels, the, sacred, the inerrant sacred scriptures, from reality. Note that. It should disturb you. And therein lies the heresy. Christ did not lay down an ideal for his followers. He gave a commandment. Do not tear asunder what God has put together. Pretty simple stuff. But instead of Francis rejecting the encroaching values of the world, that has led to a situation where Catholics break the vows of that sacrament at marginally lower rates than the rest of the world, but pretty much at the same rate, he has embraced them in the name of accompaniment. And he always frames it as avoiding being dogmatic. That is at the heart of most of his complaints against rigid neo-Pharisees like you and I. We demand to adhere to the dogmas of the faith. We know that in so doing and in being faithful to our Lord, that is how we will find salvation. This transcends nearly any issue Francis brings forth that we resist him on, not because we recognize he has any real authority, since at this point many doubt that he does for a variety of reasons, but because he has the ability to spread his satanic errors with almost no limits. He is possibly the most influential person on earth at such at this time, and as such, it is the duty of all Catholics to reject his errors and to defend the truth. Which brings me back to his Amoris Laetitia fifth year anniversary celebration. Francis is the first papal claimant I've ever encountered who celebrates his own works with an anniversary observation. He did it first with Laudato Si in 2020, and he's doing it again now with Amoris Laetitia. This month's offering in that program focuses on the most divisive part of Amoris Laetitia, paragraph 305, which states, quote, for this reason, a pastor cannot feel that it is enough simply to apply moral laws to those living in irregular situations, as if they were stones to throw at people's lives. This would bespeak the closed heart of one used to hiding behind the church's teachings, sitting on the chair of Moses and judging at times with superiority and superficiality difficult cases and wounded families. Along these same lines, the International Theological Commission has noted that natural law could not be presented as an already established set of rules that impose themselves a priori on the moral subject. 
Rather, it is a source of objective inspiration for the deeply personal process of making decisions. Because of forms of conditioning and mitigating factors, it is possible that an objective situation of sin, which may not be subjectively culpable or fully such, a person can be living in God's grace, can love, and can also grow in the life of grace and charity, while receiving the church's help to this end. End quote. And that's heresy. That was a breaking point for many, especially when in paragraph 351, Francis goes on to say that in many cases those in this situation may receive the sacraments, which is a break from the great history of the church. This is yet another rupture in a long line of ruptures that Francis is endorsing. It is now being taught and refocused upon after five years, probably because the anger over his pronouncement has since died down and the church has moved on. Yet this is being taught with renewed focus now in 2021. I'll remind you what Bishop Athanasius said back in 2016 of this error that Francis is teaching. It is a threat to the very existence of the magisterium of the church and its credibility. After expounding upon the error itself for some time in a lengthy letter that is still online, he says the following, quote, The magisterium of the church teaches us that the validity of God's Ten Commandments is universal. Since these enunciate the fundamental obligations of man towards God and his neighbor, the Ten Commandments reveal in their primordial content some grave obligations. These are fundamentally immutable, and their obligation prevails, always and at all times. No one can dispense from them. See Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2072. Those who have affirmed that the commandments of God and the particular commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, can have exceptions, in such cases that there is no imputable fault for a breaking, were the Pharisees and then the Gnostics in the second and third centuries after Christ. The following affirmations of the magisterium remain always valid because they are part of the infallible magisterium as part of the universal and ordinary magisterium. Negative precepts of the natural law are universally valid. These oblige all and each one, always and in every circumstance. In fact, one treats here with prohibitions which forbid a determinate action semper et pro semper, always and at all times. Without exceptions, there are behaviors which can never be in any situation the adequate response. The church has always taught that one can never choose the behaviors prohibited by the moral commandments expressed in the negative form in the Old and New Testaments. As has been seen, Jesus himself reaffirms the indirectability of these prohibitions. If you want to enter into life, observe the commandments. End quote. The project of Francis is to make the church more appealing in the eyes of the world. This naturally must include a rejection or undermining of the Ten Commandments and the promotion of a great lie, that Christ came to not promote dogma, to not give us the law of God and salvation, but to accompany us, because dare we hope all men are saved. That's his message, and it comes with another message, that salvation is a works-based project and not bound up in dogma. And it's a lie, a pernicious lie. Certainly there are works involved in salvation, but his message is a works-based salvation a pernicious lie that the world loves more than anything else in our time. It is why Francis is celebrated. If he was a pope committed to the authentic faith, he would be opposed and mocked at every turn and called the vilest names imaginable by the forces of the world. Or worse, to be honest. But he's not. And it's because he is in league with the world. How will you stand against the celebration of Amoris Laetitia? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. You can find my sources for today's episode, including that letter from Bishop Athanasius on returntotradition.org. It's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Skip past the Patreon pop-up. There's no paywall for my sources, unless you want to become a patron of the channel, which would be great. 
I post them directly here on this site, but they, our hosts have rules against that sort of thing. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.